The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey everybody, welcome uh, again to another edition of the Disability Law Show here on Global News Radio. Savan is ready to uh, tackle all of your emails and questions. You want to reach out anytime, by the way, toll-free number, as always, one 855 Website, disabilityrights.ca. Many things to uh, to learn on that website and including in that is links to our long-running television show as, uh, as well, so you want to check those out. At your leisure, disabilityrights.ca. And you can always go to a wonderful resource. We pull from it every show, and you can use it as well. MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Searchable database. Your question may have been asked in the past. If not, type it in. Leave it in there. Savan or a member of his crew will get to it, answer it in full, and you'll be uh, that much more wiser for uh, for asking that question. MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Coming up here in a bit, the topic of future LTD cutoffs. We'll get uh, knee-deep into that topic in just a bit. But, Savan, always we start off with the uh, the week that was. Bell, how are you? I am good, John. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, as usual, very busy week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to start off by uh, telling our listeners, uh, praising uh, my colleague, James Fireman. I know you do a, a show with him as well, John. Uh, and James and I often oscillate uh, back and forth on TV where we yeah. do our show, uh, LTD show. Um, and he's a host, I'm a host, etc. And we've been doing this for a few years now. I've known James now for over 20 years. And the funny thing is that we were uh, roommates in law school together. And uh, we always had uh, you know, th- this battle going back and forth whenever we debated issues back in law school and, and you know, over 20 years later now. Uh, and it's even more interesting now that we both have trial experience, and and you know we more more you know we both have a lot of experience with insurance companies, both working for the defense side as well as for individuals who are disabled, who are fighting for their uh, benefits that they're owed by insurance companies. And one of the things I always told James, and I think he shares that same sentiment, is uh, we we love the idea that because we work together now, we can we can tag team. Not just us, but obviously the whole team, but specifically me and him because we've known each other all these years, tag team together against insurance companies, sort of put our full weight of our joint experiences uh, and expertise. And this came to the fore this past week. Um, he has a case uh, which actually resolved at the mediation stage, which is where most of these cases with long-term disability insurance companies tend to resolve. And he asked me if I wanted to join him. And, and you know, the reason he asked me if I want to join him at the mediation, which was conducted by Zoom, because most of these things are now down remotely because of COVID, I said to him, absolutely, I'm interested. Because this was a very interesting situation where uh, the insurance company that denied our clients benefits for long-term disability did so, in my view, in a very egregious manner. Uh, they had our clients seen by one of their doctors uh, you know how we've spoken, John, before about IMEs, independent medical ass- uh, exactly. assessments, evaluations, yeah, exactly. yeah. where the insurance company has you seen or assessed by one of their doctors, and then they crank out the report. Yep. And usually these reports by these insurance hired doctors, usually uh, they gravitate towards the insurance company, meaning they're favorable to them. They usually disagree with the treating doctors. So for example, John, if you're disabled from working and your doctors say that you are disabled, you can't work, the insurance company may have you seen by one of their doctors, one of their hired guns, and typically they'll get a report 
that says, yep, this person, John, is not disabled. They should be able to go back to work. In this case, this did not happen. In this case, the insurance doctor, the doctor paid by the insurance company, confirmed that this person was, in fact, disabled. Good. What does the insurance company do? The insurance company turns around and writes the claimant, our client, saying, based on our uh, doctor's opinion, you are ready to go back to work. You're what? not disabled. So you understand, the doctor said the exact opposite. The exact opposite. And yet the insurance company takes this report and literally lies to the claimant and says, based on this doctor, we are going to cut off your benefits. So, you know, fast forward, fast track to this week. We go to the mediation. And at the start of these mediations, generally the lawyers make opening statements. There's no judge, by the way. This is a private process. Uh, where it's us, our client, uh, the insurance adjuster, not the one who cut off the person, but a new adjuster and one that deals with the actual legal claim and their lawyer and a neutral third-party mediator. That's who's there. And the whole purpose of a mediation is to try and resolve these cases or at least narrow the issues. And so I, I joined at this mediation and I listened to Jay make his opening statement. And I think it's probably one of the strongest opening statements I have ever heard. And I kid you not, John. Uh, James's, I would say 95% of the time of him talking was spent not about whether or not the insurance company should be paying our clients benefits under the policy, but it was spent about whether or not this insurance company is going to get dinged by a judge for punitive damages, right. for the high-handed conduct, for the way that they acted towards our client. In other words, bad faith. And I want to focus on this because this is important. There are cases out there where it is so abundantly clear that the insurance company has acted in a very, very bad way that there have been cases where judges have slapped these insurance companies with extra contractual damages. What, in other words, what that means is that judges have said, not only do you have to pay the claimant what you had to pay the claimant in the first place under the policy, but we're going to award extra damages that you have to pay this individual to punish you. It's called punitive damages. And this happens. This happens. And, and you know, it, I can say it happens a lot more in the States, but it still happens in Canada. And, and it was very interesting to hear how James laid out the case. And I could, I could see that the adjuster and, frankly, the lawyer were a little uncomfortable in their seats because James was laying it out really nicely. And I thought to myself, my gosh, you guys want to resolve this. I, I thought to myself. Mm -hmm. to the insurance company. You right. want to pay our client because if you don't, if this goes before a judge, this is going to make the news because the judge is going to, some judge out there is going to make an example out of you, you, you insurance company that thought you can get away with this. So, so this is really something that I, I, I was impressed. I was impressed with him. Uh, I can tell you that the case resolved uh, and it resolved on the basis uh, better. I would say that James had, had probably anticipated or that I had anticipated meaning that the insurance company paid a lot more uh, than they otherwise probably would have paid had they not acted so badly. So the so, message is to everyone out there, you have rights. Don't let the insurance company that you're dealing with trample on your rights. If you know someone who is in that difficult spot, who's been denied long-term disability or was cut off long-term disability, don't simply let the insurance company get away with it because that's money that's owed to the person who's disabled. It's not money that's owed to the insurance company. And it's a lot easier than you think to recover that money. These insurance companies operate on the idea that 
you know, you think that they're omnipotent, that they have unlimited resources and power. It, it's all nonsense. They are gambling and betting correctly most of the time that most people, John, will walk away from the money that's owed to them. And if you don't, if you don't, if you stand up for your rights, if you contact us and we'll tell you if you have a case or not, at least find out if you have those, you know, a, a case against the insurance company. And we may tell you you don't. But if you do, it, it's, you know, the ball is in your court. You have to decide if you want to force the insurance company to pay you what you're owed or if you want them, um, you know, to simply keep your money. Question I have is, you know, based on what you just said, I mean, they, they ignored their own paid-for doctor's advice about your client. No, no, he should be off. No, no, we're going to send him back to work. And then, I mean, I, as you know, I worked for James, had for a long time, brilliant lawyer. You know, that notwithstanding, why? who's the genius at the insurance company who thought they would take it this far knowing this this, this isn't their first rodeo? Why would they go, bother going through this hassle knowing that, as you said, it could it's going to cost them and it could make the media? Like, who's 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 the... Where, where's the thinking in this? Why would they do this? Keep in mind that when we're talking about insurance companies, it's like talking about government, right? We're talking about this abstract major corporation entity. Uh, you know, when we talk about um, government as an example, we say, oh, the government is incompetent. Well, the government doesn't exist. There's no such thing as government per se. Government is made of people, people who work for the government. You know, when you go and deal with an insurance company, just like with anything else, a car dealership, an accountant, a lawyer, you're dealing with people. And the, and the reality is people, they make mistakes. And many of these adjusters are handling a ton of cases at any given point. Remember, the, you as a disabled individual, it's personal to you, but it's right. transactional for the, the, uh, you know, for the adjuster, for the insurance company. And so this adjuster who's handling 100 cases, 150 cases, there's only so much they can do. So they make a lot of mistakes, which is, by the way, another reason why when we sink our teeth into one of these files, right? When we start a legal claim on behalf of somebody who's been wrongfully denied uh, long-term disability or short-term disability, we get a copy of the insurance company's file. We go through it with a fine-tooth comb. And if we get the opportunity to actually question the adjuster that made the decision to cut off or deny the, the person uh, benefits, they squirm in their seats. And in, in some cases, we've had situations where adjusters literally start crying because of our questioning, right? And again, it's not because we try to make them cry. It's because we go through it. We know what to look for. We know how to attack them to make sure that we uh, maximize our, our client's case. And, you know, they don't like it. They don't. So to answer your question, John, it's not common for me to look at a case and say, no, this adjuster on purpose tried to make this person's life miserable. Mm -hmm. That does happen, by the way. I'm not saying it never happens because you do have right. bullies, just like in every industry. You have bullies. You have adjusters who think they're, they're gods. They have all the power in the world. And, and trust me, by the way, when we get involved, that power shift uh, you know, changes. That, that, that power dynamic changes completely. If you feel like you're being bullied by your adjuster, if you feel like you're being harassed by your adjuster, when we get into the picture, they, you know, everything changes because we, we don't take that kind of garbage. Right? We push back very, very strongly, especially when we start that legal claim. We don't care what that adjuster thinks. We care what ultimately a judge may decide. And once they get a lawyer defending them and instructing them and telling them that they can get hit with punitive damages at trial if they don't actually pony up money, everything changes. And that's the reason why when we get involved, we get these kinds of claims resolved. 
Let's take a short break. Lots more to go here as we as we get rolling into the show for this hour. You want to reach out any time. I uh, want to have more of a uh, lengthy personal phone call with, uh, with Savannah or James, for that matter. Remember the team, simple, toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. Don't hesitate to spread that number rounding. Give them a call for a chat. Email us help at disabilityrights.ca. And we're going to do a brilliant little piece of foreshadowing here when we come back, talking about future LTD cutoffs. That is on the way. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome back. Disability Law Show. Good to have you all on the show again today. You want to reach out anytime uh, during this hour or otherwise, email us help at disabilityrights.ca. Real simple. The phone number, toll free. Get a hold of Savannah, member of the team, one 821 5900 And uh, Savannah, I know, goes deep into this one all the time. Every day looks through them and answering your questions. How do you ask them? Another resource, mydisabilityquestions.com. Want to get to uh, future LTD cutoffs here in a bit. Savannah, I know that's one of our topics for today. So much to get through, but uh, take it away. you got some more, uh, some more correspondence you want to talk about, right? Yeah, I, I got an email this week uh, from a lady who wrote the following. She says, I've been receiving LTD since July 2019. So it's almost two years now. As I'm waiting for surgery on my hip, because of COVID, my surgery date keeps getting bumped. My change of definition is July 9th of this year. And I received a letter stating that the provider has determined that I'm not totally disabled and can return to work. If it weren't for COVID, I would have had my surgery in December of 2020. Do I have any rights since this is all completely out of my control? So let's break this down. This is quite interesting because obviously now we're still in the middle of COVID uh, with the lockdowns, with the backlog uh, in, in you know, the, the medical field. And, you know, when, when this lady here uh, refers to change of definition date, I want to make sure that our listeners understand what that means, John, for anybody who has not listened to the show before. So when we're dealing with long-term disability policies, Generally speaking, the vast majority of policies stipulate that in order to get LTD, long-term disability payments, if you can't work because you're disabled, you have to show with reports or letters from your doctor whoever or doctors, whoever's treating you, that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation for the first two years. Okay, right. Beyond the two-year mark, that's the change of definition date, the criteria for getting LTD payments changes. So in other words, not only do you have to show that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation, you have to actually now demonstrate that you cannot do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for by uh, a training, uh, uh, education, or experience. And so what that means is that it's a more difficult test to meet. No longer can you do your own occupation, but any occupation for which you're suited for. That's that change of definition. It's basically the change of the definition of the term totally disabled under the policy. So this lady here is saying that she needs a surgery, and that surgery has been delayed. And as a result of that delay, because of COVID, she is still not able to do uh, work, you know, to be able to work. Now, what I don't know is whether, and because she hasn't told me this, is if in fact, I don't know what kind of work she does, and she hasn't said in her email whether or not she can do some other job, some other work. Right. But let's take a scenario here. Let's assume for a second that she works in a factory, or if she works in a physically demanding job, or even a non-physically demanding job, but in a type of a job where 
because of her hip issue and because she can't get the surgery, she's unable to do not only her own occupation, but any occupation for which you know she's suited for. I want to stress that, for which the person is suited for. What that means is that beyond the two-year mark, if you can do another job, another occupation that pays you 60, 65% of your predisability income, well, then the insurance company is correct to say, you should take that job. We don't have to pay you anymore. But if this lady cannot do that because of the delays of her surgery due to COVID, I can't see how the insurance company has a case here. Because ultimately, you know, there is a delay here. It's beyond her control. The reality is that if we asked the narrow question at the two-year mark on July 9th, can this lady perform the essential tasks of any occupation for which she's suited for? Okay? We don't care about the surgery. We don't care about COVID and anything. If the answer is no, that she cannot do that at that change of definition date, well, then she qualifies under strict reading of the policy. But it seems to me like the insurance company here is doing what they have been doing you know, since last year when COVID came to our shores, which is finding any excuse they can to cut off people. To, to deny them the disability payments that they're owed. And again, I want to make sure people understand this. When that happens to you, you have a right to challenge that. And I'm not talking about appealing that decision, mm-hmm. right? You got, you got to be careful with that because insurance companies, when they cut you off or they deny your LTD, they will, in the same letter, at the end of the letter, invite you to appeal that decision that the insurance company says. They'll, they'll usually say you got 30 days to give us new documentation, whatever reasons you want to give us, for why we should reverse our decision. Rarely, rarely in my experience do they actually reverse that decision. You end up spending a ton of time, months if not years, fighting them only to realize that you should have sought legal help in the first place. So, you know, again, if because of COVID, for whatever reason, you are unable to perform your own occupation within the first two years, and any occupation for which you're suited for beyond the two-year mark, you should continue to qualify for LTD. And if the insurance company tells you that you don't, contact me ASAP and we can have a look at your case. It doesn't cost anything to speak. It doesn't cost anything for us to review your documentation, to look at everything, and to tell you if you have a case. And if you have a case, at least you'll know and you'll know what your options are. And if we tell you you don't have a case, well, at least you'll know that too. The key here is that knowledge is power. And that, that's what I want people to understand, John. Knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you can arm yourself against the insurance company and get them to, to do what they have to do under the contract of insurance. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, as we're sitting here in week 55, 56, I've almost lost count however how long we've been in this thing. But, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you're getting phone calls about disability related to COVID-19. And even I think even once the vaccines become a mainstay and everybody's pretty much got herd immunity, uh, herd, uh, immunity and we're back to work, so on and so forth, and everything kind of returns back to normal. And I think you've mentioned this. You guys are going to be a, a parachute for people for a soft landing when it comes to mental illness because that is not going away mm-hmm. as fast as COVID-19 will. The repercussions of what's happened in the last year, people will be reaching out to you and I think we know what kind of hassle it can be dealing with an insurance company with something like a mental illness where it doesn't show up on an MRI or an x-ray or you can't touch it, there's no bruise, there's no band-aid. I mean, this is a tough thing for people to navigate as well. You guys are going to be very busy, I think, in that regard over the next several years, right? 
Yeah, and we've already seen this happen. And I've spoken to yeah. psychologists and psychiatrists who are seeing that the you know are saying that they're seeing a huge uptake in individuals seeking help because of the effects of COVID. The different kinds of effects. For some people, are affected because a family member is sick. Some people are affected because they lost their job. Some people are affected because now they've developed anxiety and depression because of the lockdowns and everything else associated with this. Remember that if you have long-term disability coverage, either through work or privately because you bought that kind of insurance, if your doctors say that you are disabled from working, you should get those benefits. Okay? You should get those benefits. And if the insurance company rejects your claim, you have to contact us. Because if you don't, you're potentially foregoing tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that is owed to you, that are owed to you under your policy, the policy of insurance. And John, something I want to say about mental illness, psychological claims, you know, traditionally in the personal injury world where I come from, car accidents, slip and falls and all that, insurance companies have always been very, very skeptical of psychological uh, um, issues, illnesses, sure. injuries, etc. And they've resisted paying out claims like that. And they've often fought, again, on the, on the uh, basis that you can't see a psychological, you can't see depression. But again, you know, many people out there know the fact that you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a preposterous sure. thing to say, and judges have agreed with that statement, uh, you know, that, that it's preposterous. And they've made insurance companies, they've ordered insurance companies to pay. In the long-term disability context, that's very different than personal injury. In long-term disability cases, if you suffer from a mental illness, uh, if, if there is something you've developed that, you know, prohibits you from working, like, like depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, phobias, things like that, you know, those kinds of conditions don't discriminate between sedentary type jobs and non-sedentary type jobs. So in other words, if you have an ankle fracture, you may not be able to work in a factory, but you can do a job where you talk on the phone. When you're dealing with severe depression, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have because you can't get out of bed. You can't do it. And so I can tell you that for people who are afraid to make these kinds of claims, again, only, I'm only saying this for people who legitimately need long-term disability. I'm not saying this should be a parachute for anyone who just doesn't want to work. I'm saying if you legitimately have these kinds of mental health conditions and you have someone that has diagnosed you with those, whether it's a family doctor or, or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or someone who's treating you and is agreeing with you that you need time off work, you should apply for that kind of coverage if you have it through work or privately. And if you get rejected for any reason, you should reach out to us because we can probably help you. And, you know, and along those same lines, I think it's something that you and James have echoed on the show so many times that, you know, your your ability to be off on disability and have coverage from the insurance company is based on your symptom, not your diagnosis. There's many things we don't know about, especially mental illness. Again, they may not have diagnosed you, but that's not the point. The point is the symptomatic level is the fact that you can't work. And that's that's key, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Listen, medicine is an evolving science. I think it's always going to be an evolving science. Look at COVID right now. Yeah. We're learning as we go. It's the same thing with with a lot of different conditions. And in fact, recently they started referring to a phobia uh, that deals with the coronavirus as coronaphobia. Right? Mm -hmm. We'd never had that three years ago, two years ago, a year and a half ago. You know, so this is evolving. So really, we're looking at symptoms. We're looking at, are you disabled from working because of a psychological or a physical illness or injury or impairment or a combination of those? Sometimes you're suffering from both. You know, you may have fibromyalgia or sciatica pain, 
associated with chronic pain, psychological issues that arise from that because you can't sleep, right? You have all these kinds of issues. Many, many doctors out there will come out and say, this is reality. We are seeing this day in and day out, and yet the insurance companies out there are rejecting all of these kinds of claims. Well, let me tell you something. The fact that these insurance companies are rejecting these claims and are saying it's not valid means nothing, okay? That's why I keep telling people, do not take what the insurance company says at face value. Your relationship with your insurance company, and I'm not just talking about disability, I'm talking in general, whether it's car insurance, house insurance, travel insurance, it's a contractual relationship, which means that we are looking at the contract with with the LTD, with LTD, we're looking at the policy of insurance. And we want to know, I want to know if the insurance company says, we don't uh, cover you for COVID-related illnesses, no problem, insurance company, show me where it says that in the policy. Because if it doesn't say that, if it says that you cover me, if I cannot work, well, guess what? I cannot work. My doctors confirm it. You have to pay me. Okay? Insurance company can't just read new exclusions into these policies. They can't. They're not allowed. Like, this is not me saying. This is the law. Yeah. Right? And, and this has been reaffirmed and affirmed all over the country, not just in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, in the US, every common law jurisdiction. So you need to understand you have a lot more power than you think you do when it comes to these insurance companies who want you to believe one thing when really the other thing, right, the other reality is the truth here. And, and if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong uh, and, and I'm just selling people something here that, you know, I, nobody can buy, you know, mm-hmm. well, then there wouldn't be lawyers like me. The reality is that I am here, my team is here, and there are other lawyers and other firms that are doing this because we are correct. If we weren't correct, the insurance companies would not be paying these kinds of settlements and judgments if this ever goes to court. So you have rights. Do not ignore those rights. Or if you do ignore them, just understand you are giving the insurance company a nice gift. They're keeping the money that's owed to you. That number, by the way, as we continue, one 821 5900 If anything we've talked about so far in the show today or any other show in the past uh, strikes you as unfamiliar, you want to clear it up in your own head, give uh, Savannah and his crew a call. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address. The website, disabilityrights.ca. And that's where you want to go for lots more information on this topic. And you'll see links to our long-running TV show there as well. If you haven't caught that 30-minute uh, piece of visual brilliance, you can do that at your leisure. Find a station that carries the show near you and as always my disabilityquestions.com a free resource for you it can be absolutely uh, free and anonymous of course if you just close your browser and walk away nobody knows you're ever there but if you have a question you can type it in where you're supposed to you can search to see if your question has been asked in the past save you some more time if not leave it there and a member of uh, Savant's team will get to it we'll take a short break lots more to go here this is the disability law show on global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back, Disability Law Show. And uh, reaching out to Savannah, a member of the team, it's toll free, as always, one 855 Been reading some emails and some correspondence through uh, two sources so far this morning. And today it is uh, help at disabilityrights.ca. That's one place you can go. You can also go to mydisabilityquestions.com. So want to get into this. We talked about it uh, at the top of the show. Future LTD cutoffs, a little bit of foreshadowing, but information people should have. Uh, moving forward, and again, it's going to answer a lot of questions here over the next uh, few minutes, Savannah. 
about things that people have them uh, they're scratching their head about. Number one is this: Can a person be cut off LTD while they're still disabled from working? Because I know we've had phone calls and we've talked about this on the TV show as well, right? Yeah, yeah, they can, they can, they should not, but they can. Right. And I want to make that distinction clear: Insurance companies cut off people who cannot work off of LTD all the time. Now, sometimes they cut people off correctly. I'll explain that in a second. And sometimes they do not. And in fact, most of the times when people reach out to me and to our team uh, in Ontario, in BC, and in Alberta, where we do this kind of work, we, we assess the claim and we want to figure out, is the insurance company correct? Look, if your policy is a general type of LTD policy that says it will pay you benefits until age 65, and you've just turned 65, well, then there's nothing we can do. Under the policy, the contract of insurance, they are allowed to cut you off. And I know people there are going to say that's a human rights violation. Unfortunately, it's not. I think it is, actually, but unfortunately, it's not under the law. LTD insurers are allowed to have an age limit in their policies. It's an exclusion under the human rights code. But my point is this. In the vast majority of cases where people call us and say, my LTD benefits are going to end in a week, in a month, in six months, but I'm still disabled from working and my doctors confirm it, you know, is this correct? And I tell them, no, it's absolutely not right. And here are the options that you have. Here's the menu of options. You can do nothing. You can appeal that decision. Very bad idea. Or you can take legal action now against the insurance company because guess what? Once they put you in their system, once in, in their computer system, in their program, it says John's LTD benefits will be cut off on July 31st. Guess what? Your benefits will get cut off on July 31st. Right. This is not a maybe. This is a will happen. So the longer you spend trying to pray to whichever deity you believe in or try to appeal that decision or whatever, the longer you do that, the more you're prejudicing your position. If we can get in there very quickly and corresponding with the insurance company, maybe we can avoid that cutoff or at least prep your case in such a way as to exert maximum pressure from a legal standpoint on the insurance company, either not to cut you off or to go after them if they do cut you off. But can the, can you be cut off while you're still disabled? Sure. Happens each and every day across this country because insurance companies do not want to pay. They don't want to pay. Remember, insurance companies make money in two main ways. Okay, One, they collect premiums. We pay them premiums. I pay premiums. You pay premiums. Everyone pays premiums. And the second way is not paying out claims or at least paying only when they have to and as little as they have to. That is the model. That is the, that is the paradigm under which they're working. And it's worked wonderfully for them because they make billions of dollars in profits each and every year. Yeah. So, yeah, the answer, John, sorry, it's a long-winded answer, but you can be cut off LTD while you're still disabled. Although in most cases that I see, that's not correct, meaning the insurance company should not be allowed to do so. Another one is this, uh, talking about future LTD cutoffs. If someone is told that their benefits, a you know, little, little foreshadowing here, if they're told that their benefits will end, say, in a few weeks or even a few months, do they have to wait until they're cut off to get legal help? Because people are going to have the mindset, oh, I've still got a few months to ride out here. I'm good. I'm not going to do anything about it yet. Yeah, we just touched on that. No, no. absolutely. You know, if somebody says to me, I think I'm going to get into a car accident next week. Can I go after the person who's responsible for that car accident now? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Is this a movie? <laughs> you know, uh, is this one of those things where you, you time travel that you saw that you're going to get into an accident? Well, no. In those kinds of situations, the reality is that it's only if you're injured in an accident that you can actually go after whoever's responsible for that accident. 
But when yeah. you're dealing with long-term disability and you've been getting it for a few weeks, for a few months, a few years, and the insurance company says, we're going to cut you off, they typically don't say, oh, hey, by the way, John, we cut you off last week. Typically, they give you a heads up. They'll tell you, we think that you will not qualify at the change of definition date. Or we think that, you know, based on what our psychiatrist or orthopedic surgeon or doctor or consultant is saying, we think that you will be able to go back to work in a month or two or three. If that is contrary to what you know about yourself, in other words, you know that that's not correct, you're still going to be disabled in a few weeks or a few months, given the type of illness or injury you have. Mm -hmm. If your doctor is on the same page as you are, right, so you both agree that you're disabled and you're going to continue being disabled, and the insurance company is trying to force you either back to work or simply telling you we're going to cut you off, guess what? You now have a legal right to enforce against the insurance company. You can actually do something about that. I had a case. I've mentioned this, I think, a few times over the years. A gentleman from Ottawa uh, worked for the government, very high earner, who was told a year in advance that the insurance company believed that his psychiatric condition will not qualify him to actually uh, get LTD beyond that you know, one, one extra year. And when I reviewed the medical documentation, specifically the reports from this person's psychiatrist, as well as, highlight as well as, the insurance company psychiatrist, uh, I, 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 was, I was baffled because the insurance company's doctor and the treating psychiatrist both said this person is going to have these issues for a very long time, well past the 12-month mark. And yet the insurance company said, we're going to cut you off. Your benefits will end in 12 months. Well, guess what? We started a legal claim right there and then, and we were able to resolve the case before that 12-month mark, meaning there was a, there was no, at, no, at no point was my client without money coming in. Wow. And that's key, right? Because if you wait until you're cut off, you're going to be in a position where you're not going to have to wait until we resolve your case. So that's why I say, if you are told that your benefits will be cut off in a few weeks or a few months or a year, and you know that you're still going to be disabled beyond that point, Contact us now. Let us deal with your case right now or at least advise you as to your options right now. Because if you don't, you're just going to prolong the amount of time when you'll be w- without money until we can resolve your case. Lots more to go here. we got to uh, take advantage of our last few minutes, so let's take a quick break and get right back to it. going to be talking about future LTD cutoffs, another important point to make. In that regard, in just a moment here to reach out to Savan, member of the crew at the firm, one 821 5900 disabilityrights.ca is the website for the firm. Put a help at in front of that. You will get an email address and always free questions and answers about LTD anytime for you. MyDisabilityQuestions.com will continue. Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. Good to have you along for the program. Your uh, reaching out is really simple. And when we are done here in a few minutes, you can do that or any other time for that matter. one 821 5900 Phone number easy. Disabilityrights.ca. Links there as well to all things about disability coverage, dealing with your insurance company, and our television show as well. Disabilityrights.ca. And the email address is help at disabilityrights.ca consistent uh, talking about future LTD cutoffs going to make one final point to talk about Savannah in this regard now once an insurer decides to cut someone off in the future it's a foregone conclusion 
can anything be done to change their mind on the inside? Should the, should the claimant appeal the insurer's decision? I know you love that word, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, John. <laughs> uh, no, no. Please do not appeal these ridiculous decisions by the insurance company to cut you off prematurely. And again, I was just talking with somebody this morning, actually, and I explained to them that what I often give as an example on air, you know, when an insurance company says, we're going to stop your long-term disability benefits because we don't think you're disabled anymore or we think you're ready to go back to work and you know that's not the case and your doctors know it's not the case. I often tell people, it's like my eight-year-old son coming to me telling me I want candy. I'm saying no and I'm telling them, but you can appeal that decision from me in an hour. Well, what do you think I'm going to say in an hour? I'm still going to say no and that's what insurance companies do all the time. Now, here, here's how it plays out. John, let's say you're an LTD right now Okay, we finish the show, you go home, or well, you are home uh, with COVID now, but uh, y- y- you open the mail and, y- and you look at a letter from your insurance company saying, John, we're going to cut you off on July 31st. Okay, your LTD payments will end. And you say, well, wait a second. No, I, I have a major illness here. There's no way that I can, I can work or go back to work or even try to go back to work. My doctor ag- agrees with me. Uh, but, you know, the letter says I can appeal this. But Sivan says I should contact him and his team to just talk about options. Hmm, I don't want to contact a lawyer. I don't like lawyers. I think I'm going to appeal this. I'm going to put my faith in the insurance company and in my immense power of persuasion. And and you go to your doctor and you get another letter and maybe you even go to another doctor and get another letter from that doctor. And then you put together a nice uh, letter with arguments as to why it is that the insurance company has made a mistake. Let me tell you this. I am not a betting person. When I go to Vegas, I never, ever actually play anything. I watch shows. I go around the strip. I have some drinks. I just don't gamble. But if I had to, if somebody told me, you know, put a million dollars on whether or not John is going to get denied again when he appeals, I'll put that million dollars there because I can tell you that in all of my experience, in all of the years that I have done this, I can count maybe on on a couple of hands, okay, how many times these appeals actually worked where the insurance company reversed their own decision, their initial decision to to to, to deny a claim. And I say this because why would they approve it? Unless there is really something different about your case, why would they change their decision? Mm -hmm. They know that most people will simply walk away from the money that's owed to them. They'll give up. So my point is, do not appeal. Now, as to the earlier question, John, once the insurance company decides to cut someone off in the future, they tell you your benefits will end. Can you do anything about that? Yeah. You can arm yourself with information. This is why I tell people, give us a call. We don't charge anything for speaking with people. Our lawyers speak with people from across the country each and every day. When people go to mydisabilityquestions.com, and I urge people to go there, you'll see thousands of questions that I have personally answered over the years. It's free. It's accurate. If I don't know the answer to a question, I'll tell you. I don't know the answer to the question. I'm not going to you know, make it look like I do. But I, I've, I've done this work for so long. I've worked with insurance companies for so long, as have other members on my team. We know how this game is played by insurance companies. And you can do something about it. And if you, if you simply sit back and put your trust in the insurance company and in your power of persuasion, no matter how strong it is, you are going to be very sorely disappointed because guess what? July 31st is going to come, John, and your benefits will end just like the insurance company told you that they would. And then you'll be scrambling because how are you going to pay the mortgage? How are you going to pay for the kids' activities or schooling or whatever other stuff you have, food? You know, don't put yourself through that. 
give us a call initially. If you don't like our advice, then do your own thing. But at least you'll have the information you need to make that judgment, to make that decision. Toll free again. I'll throw it out there before we continue. It's one 821 5900 and email if you prefer. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. Speaking of which, you want to go back to mydisabilityquestions.com. Savannah, you got uh, another one you want to talk about there? Yeah, really briefly. This is one that comes up uh, quite often, actually. So this one comes from Lorraine, and she writes, I'm receiving short-term disability from work after suffering a stroke last July, still recovering. My benefits lady, the adjuster, uh, said that I'm getting uh, shut off payments uh, on uh, April 19th, so it's right now, if my doctor doesn't sign medical forms. She asked him, and he keeps telling her that he'll do it when he gets to it. She now wants me to call and tell him to sign. Is it my responsibility to bug the doctor? Can they cut me off benefits if the doctor doesn't fill out the forms? So this is a tricky situation here because it really depends on, on the situation. She has she had a stroke. And, and look, this is we know what a stroke is. Most insurance companies understand the gravity of a stroke and how that can disable someone. And the reality is that if it's really clear that she's suffering from the stroke, you know, maybe she's paralyzed, maybe she has other types of issues. Well, then to me, it seems unreasonable that just because it's this doctor is delayed with providing whatever forms the insurance company needs, that they'll be able to cut off her benefits when it's clear, when it's clear that she's actually disabled. On the other hand, insurance companies are entitled to documentation. So my advice is let the doctor know, okay? If the insurance company is asking for information and documentation, just put some pressure on your doctor. I know everybody's busy now because of COVID, but you need that. The insurance company needs that. But every case, every case has its own facts, which is why, John, I tell people, post your question on mydisabilityquestions.com. I'll answer it for free and fast, or give us a call, and we'll have a chat about your case. Yeah, and it's 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 no no big stretch to reach out to your doctor for more information. Most of them are, are willing to comply, and if you give them a little direction as to what the insurance company needs, I mean, most, most doctors are pretty cool like that, right? Yeah, they are. They, they absolutely are. But again, remember, with COVID, there's extra stress, people working remotely. Uh, you know, there are dynamics here. And what I have been seeing here is that insurance companies are taking advantage of that. And they're telling people, because you cannot get updates from your doctors, we're going to cut off your benefits. Well, hold on a second. You can't just do that. Every case, again, has its own facts. Like, you got to be careful. And this is why I tell people, if you are told that your benefits will end for any reason, any reason, you give us a call so we can tell you if it's correct, if the insurance company is right. Because you know what? Nine times out of 10, when I look at these kinds of cutoffs, I tell people, no, the insurance company is not correct and you can do something about it. So don't miss that boat. Get the right advice in the right time. And we are done for another day. Appreciate you hanging out with us in correspondence. If you sent anything to mydisabilityquestions.com or the email, we appreciate that as well. Here's how you do it. Again, mydisabilityquestions.com, help at disabilityrights.ca or simply disabilityrights.ca. The website for links to our TV show is among many other things on the website. And finally, the phone call, toll-free, anytime. Use it, one 821 Disability Law Show. Catch you next time. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.